it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Eating More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. So this week, my plan for this podcast was to use the audio from the recording that I had done for the FemPower uh, of mindfulness event with the Straight Area Chamber of Commerce and Michelle Greenwell of Dance Debut uh, a few weeks ago. I was going to use the first week's recording this week. But in looking at how to remove the audio from that video recording and get it uploaded into this, I just thought, you know what, maybe I'll just record the whole thing all over again (laughs) on its own. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to talk about mindfulness and using it um, to find our way through difficult times. And so this is just from the presentation that I had given in week one of that Femme Power event for the Straight Area Chamber. And so I'm going to jump right in with some basic assumptions about mindfulness. First off, suffering, struggling, these things are all universal in our world, right? We all struggle with different things. We all suffer. And, you know, by suffer, I just mean have negative experiences in life. Anything from trauma and terror to even just minor disappointments or unhappiness. And those things occur not so much because of the external things that we experience, but rather significantly more so because of the thoughts, beliefs, and emotions that we attach to those things. We tend to go through life actually contributing to our own suffering in so many different ways. And worse than that, almost all of the thoughts and beliefs that we hold that contributes to all of that excess suffering don't even really originate with us. We don't come out of the womb hating ourselves for our belly rolls, criticizing ourselves for everything, or being scared of everything. We learn all of those things. They come from somewhere or somewhere else as we're growing up, right? Teachers, parents, media, friends, whatever. We learn so much of it when we're growing up, and it all still guides us to this day. You can only hear how terrifying the world is right now for so long before you really start to believe that you need to be terrified. Now, without awareness, we tend to think and feel these things that we are told we should be thinking and feeling or, you know, act in the ways that we've been programmed or we think that we're supposed to act. And we've lived this way for so long that we don't even question any of it. We just believe it all to be truth. And You know, most of these things, for most of us, they're not really helping us to have the healthy, happy, full, and abundant lives that we want. For most of us, it creates patterns of thinking, living, and behaviors, behaving that are often, you know, flat out self-destructive in contributing to or creating that suffering that I spoke of earlier. Now, that was certainly the case for me for most of my life. And so mindfulness is simply just present moment awareness. It's an active and constant practice of just staying present and noticing our assumptions, our thoughts, our beliefs, and our emotions. It 
gives us the space between thought and reaction to explore a different path. One that leads us closer to, you know, that health or happiness, abundance, peace, all the goodness that we want and more importantly, deserve. So we stay present in the moment, present with our thoughts. We stay present with our emotions and the sensations in our body. And we can sit in meditation to explore our inner world, to reflect and to learn about ourselves and to quite literally change our minds, which by default then changes not only the choices that we make, but also the way that we experience our lives and the things that happen in our outer world. Mindfulness suggests that we can have the life that we want, but it's probably not going to be found by changing the world outside of ourselves. It comes from changing the world inside because we actually live and experience our lives inside our skin, right? We experience life from inside of our bodies. So my work includes three elements of mindfulness combined to support whole person, mind-body wellness. And they are primarily mindful living, mindful moving, and cognitive eating. Now, I want to circle back to those thoughts, emotions, beliefs, and patterns of behavior that I spoke of a minute ago to add the CBT and CE element. So cognition, which is what the brain does, this is, so this is our thoughts and our beliefs, and behavior, which is what the body does as a result, right? So our physical states and our actions and behaviors are inseparable. So cognition, what our brains do, and behaviors, what our bodies do as a result, are inseparable. Cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, teaches us to understand the connection between them. It teaches us how our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are generating our results And it teaches us tools and strategies to manage them all in a way that better supports our physical and mental well-being. Mindfulness keeps us present in the moment to make awareness easier. And it gives us the opportunity to take advantage of the space between thoughts, feelings, and actions to rewire destructive conditioning and behavior patterns. Combined, they teach us how to change all of those hardwired habits by rewiring our brains. They, and they give us the power to not only stop things like self-sabotaging weight loss or healthy eating attempts, but also binge eating, emotional eating, autopilot eating. And during times like this, or any time really, they also improve stress levels, help to quiet the voice of our inner critic, ease feelings of overwhelm, anxiety, depression, low self-worth, and more. We spend more than half of our day every day being unconsciously driven by the stuff going on in our heads. If we never change that, nothing will ever change. And so cognitive eating is the combined power of mindfulness, CBT, and some intuitive eating elements broken down into a step-by-step process that focuses all of their combined power on the struggles that almost everybody has with food. Because like everything else in life, our relationships with with food and ourselves and our bodies are formed through those thoughts, beliefs, habits, and behaviors that I just spoke of that are unconsciously developed over the course of our lives, just like everything else about us. And those are the things that drive our behaviors. They drive why we eat the way we eat. They drive why we get so stressed and don't know how to manage our stress levels. 
they drive everything about our behaviors. So have you been one of the millions of people complaining about weight gain and eating nonstop lately? This is why. Because the drive to eat is being driven by your brain. But I'm going to dive into all of that the next time that we focus, when we focus more on food. For now, in this episode, I want to leave you with some specific things that you can start doing right now to bring some mindful awareness and some CBT into your days. So the most important step going forward is to practice just staying present in the moment and paying attention to your thoughts. How? Well, first, just pause and breathe. Start by simply practicing to pause and breathe through the day so that you can take a second to check in with yourself. And this in itself is a hard thing to remember to do. So it can be helpful to set some reminders in your phone. You know, in the same way that you would schedule appointments, schedule a reminder in your phone every hour that will pop up and simply ask, how are you? That's your cue to bring all of your attention to whatever you're doing in this moment right now and check in and notice, what are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Where are you feeling it? What do you need right now? Just check in with yourself. As you go about your day, practice bringing your full awareness to the present moment as often as possible as you're doing things. When you're brushing your teeth, when you're making breakfast, when you're showering, What do you feel? What do you see? What do you hear? What do you taste? Stay present in this moment because this is the only one you ever have. It's the only one that you can control. So this moment is the most important one. As you're scrolling social media, talking to friends, watching the news, what are you thinking and feeling as a result of those engagements? Which messages are making you feel better? Which ones are making you feel worse? As you're going about your day, which activities are making you feel better? Which are making you feel worse? Also, when you're struggling to stay present and you're feeling compelled to escape and disconnect from staying present, you know, through things like mindless eating or scrolling social media or watching TV or whatever, just notice those things. Notice when you're being pulled out of that present moment awareness. Not, not by judging it or trying to change it, just notice when you're doing it. Um, so the second um, practice is five key shifts. These next five things I'm going to share, I have built into cognitive eating because they are so um, transformative in terms of our relationship with food. But I practice these every day in every area of my life because they really do change everything, not just with food. So the first one is permission. Give yourself permission to get through this however you get through it. If you're not learning a new language or crafting with the kids, if you're not working out every day, hell, if you're not even getting dressed every day, let it be okay. Judging yourself for feeling like you're doing everything wrong or like you're not doing enough will only make you feel worse and make it harder to get through. The next one is acceptance. Release resistance to what is. There's only so much you can control, and what's going on in the world right now is not one of those things. So you may as well just find a way to accept it. Let it go. Surrender to what is. 
The next one is kindness. Just be kind to yourself. Like it's really that simple. Always ask yourself, am I treating myself kindly? Am I speaking to myself kindly? How can I just be more kind to me right now in this moment? And then the next one is self-compassion. The simplest way to think about self-compassion is to simply act the same way towards yourself that you would somebody you love, especially when you're struggling or feeling like you're failing or being judgmental or critical of yourself. It's really just about treating and speaking to yourself kindly. If you wouldn't treat others the way you're treating yourself, why is it okay to do it to yourself? It's not. (laughs) And also, research has actually shown that people who are self-compassionate are happier, healthier, more successful, and more resilient than those who don't. So practice self-compassion. Now, before I move on, I want to run through a simple self-compassion exercise that you can practice to help learn to bring this into your life a little bit more. This is something that you can do anytime during the day or night, especially when you're struggling. So first think about something that's causing you the most suffering right now or whenever. Is it isolation? Is it feelings of fear, sadness? Are you mourning life before? Maybe you're stressed or you're having a relationship problem or you're worried about something that might happen. Whatever it is, find that situation. Just get in touch with it. What's going on? what happened or what what might happen, who said what. Just really bring the situation to life in your mind's eye, okay? And then you're going to bring into um, your awareness the three basic components of self, self-compassion. So the first one is naming it, understanding it, looking at it. So you're going to notice this is a moment of suffering, right? You're going to bring mindful awareness to the fact that suffering is present. And I'd invite you to find some language that speaks to you, you know, something like acknowledging this is really hard right now, or I'm really struggling, or I'm really feeling afraid, whatever it is, you're actually turning towards what you're feeling, you're acknowledging it, and you're naming it. This is a moment of suffering, right? So you're just giving it what it needs to be seen. And then the next component is realizing suffering is part of life. It's common humanity, right? So we're reminding ourselves of our common humanity. Suffering is part of life. And so again, finding language that speaks to you. You know, you, can, you might say something like, it's normal to feel this way. A lot of people are feeling this way, right? Or a lot of people are in a similar situation, right? So the degree of suffering might be different. The f- type of suffering might be different. But suffering is a part of life part of being human. So common humanity is the second part of that self-compassion. And then the third is just, again, kindness. So you're going to suggest something like, may I be kind to myself in this moment and really support bringing kindness to yourself. You know, you can put your hands over your heart, maybe really feeling the warmth of your hands, the gentle touch letting those feelings of care really stream through your fingers and into your body and just sort of think to yourself, may I be kind to myself? Again, using any language that works for you and supports that sense of kindness, right? Maybe something you would say to a friend that you cared about who was going through something similar. So, you know, you might say something like, I'm here for you. It's going to be okay. I really care about you. Oh, you know, darling, I'm so sorry. Anything that just feels natural to you to express 
your deepest wishes that you just be well and happy and free from suffering. And then letting go of the practice and just noticing how your body feels, allowing any sensations to just be as they are, allowing yourself to just be. And so the fifth of these five elements is curiosity. And as I've already talked about, this is really just about awareness, always checking in with yourself. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? Why am I thinking that way? Why am I feeling that way? How can I think about or feel about this situation that would make life easier? So just curiosity, always being aware of what's going on in you. All right, so our third strategy for finding calm and managing some of this suffering and stuff is some breath work. And I wanted to share two super quick breath work exercises that will just help promote calm and keep you a little bit more grounded and relaxed. So the first one is a ha breath. And this is where you're going to take a breath in through your nose. And as you exhale through your mouth, you're going to make the sound And then just repeat that as many times as you need to. So as you're doing this, you're really going to want to take a deep breath into your belly instead of just a short, shallow one high up in your chest, right? So big, deep breath into your belly and make the exhale long and slow. Constrict, um, you know, your your throat a little bit so that there's uh, really like a kind of sound as you're breathing out consciously relax your shoulders and arms as you do the exhale as well. So big deep breath into your belly. Make the exhale long and slow with your throat constricted and consciously relax your shoulders and arms. One more time with me. Deep breath in. Consciously relax everything. And deep breath out. So you're going to just repeat that as many times as you need to. And then the second one I wanted to share is square breathing. So for this one, you're just going to close your eyes. You're going to breathe in through your nose while counting to four slowly. You're going to feel air enter your lungs. You're going to hold your breath at the top of the inhale while counting again to four slowly. Try not to clamp your mouth down or your nose nose shut. Um, And you're just gonna avoid inhaling or exhaling for four seconds. Then you're gonna bring, um, begin to slowly exhale again for four seconds. And again, hold that exhale for four seconds. And you're just gonna repeat that. So in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four, and repeat. So again, you know, repeat as many times as you need to until calm returns. And so the last one that I want to share with you today, the, f- the fourth strategy is a really super simple thought exercise. And we're going to start with three questions. So the first thing you're going to do is identify the thought that you're thinking. So think of something that you think to yourself, right? Like we typically think a lot of the same thoughts over and over and over again. So, you know, for people who struggle with weight, it's often things around food or weight. So it might be something like, 
oh my God, I have to stop eating. I'm putting on so much weight. So this might be the thought that we have almost a hundred times a day, every day, or that we notice having more often. So you're going to notice the thought that you have most often that's causing you just extra distress, right? And then you're going to really connect with how it makes you feel. So you're going to sit with that thought and it can even help to repeat the thought out loud because it really brings more of a a physical connection to it when you speak the words out loud, but you're going to sit with your body as you think or say the words out loud and really notice the sensations and how you feel when you think or say that thing. So when I think about weight gain and how much I'm eating, I feel bad about myself. My chest tightens, right? Like really put some um, words to really express how it makes you feel when you think that thought, physically and emotionally. How does that thought make you feel? And then as you go about your day and you notice yourself thinking that thought, you're going to notice what you do as a result. So for example, what do you do when you feel that way? Example, when I feel bad about myself or in general, I usually reach for the potato chips or the ice cream or the cookies or whatever that thing is. So really bringing an awareness to what's the thought that I keep saying to myself that's making me feel worse? Exactly how is it making me feel? And what do I typically do as a result when I feel that way? This is just a really beginning stages practice of beginning to understand and recognize the connection between what you think and how you feel to the choices that you make as a result. So those are some things that you can start to practice, um, including some um, a little bit of background on what mindfulness is and what some of my work is all about now. I hope some of that helps you. Next week, I'm going to try to do the second in the series for Fempower, which was the food element. I'm going to be talking more about that next week. So until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, visit www.ecet.online.